0: I am Marcia. And I'm Amy. This is Blood Tide, a mother-daughter storytelling podcast.
1: Welcome back, BT
0: Buddies. Welcome back. Well, it's been an interesting time in our country since our last episode, and I know that we're not a political podcast, but in light of recent events, we just wanted to say as women, we support women's rights. Today, I have a spooky story, and I wanted to mention that today's episode is a little bit different because it's a legend that has some controversy over the accuracy of all the events. Today, I'm sharing the original legend of the Bell Witch. It has many iterations and has been orally passed down through generations. This haunting is said to be one of the most famous supernatural stories in American history. The Bell Witch Legend has inspired multiple television productions, many books, and movies, including a popular one titled The American Haunting. This story takes us back to the year 1750. John Bell was born in Halifax County, North Carolina, to William Bell and Ann Jones. John was an apprentice barrel maker during his formative years, but would later pursue a career in farming. In 1782, John married Lucy Williams. They bought a farm in Edgecombe County and began amassing wealth and influence in the area. In 1804, John and Lucy Bell moved their family from North Carolina to Red River, Tennessee, which is now known as Adams, Tennessee. They built a house on a 1,000-acre farm. Over the next several years, the Bell family lived a normal existence. They farmed their land, attended the Red River Baptist Church, where John was the elder, and Lucy birthed three children there. The Bell family consisted of John and Lucy, their children Jesse, John Jr., Drury, Benjamin, Esther, Zadok, Zad, <laughs> I don't know, Z-A-D-O-K, really cool name. Elizabeth, Richard Williams, and Joel Egbert. Generally, the Bell family was happy and thriving. Until one day in 1817, John was tending to his farm and he encountered a strange animal. It had the body of a black dog with the head of a rabbit. Was he under the
1: influence? (laughs) Was his vision kind of going? What would you think if I told you that? Hey, Amy, I was outside gardening and... uh... I I would
0: probably believe you, just because of the history. John cocked, aimed, and shot at the animal. The bullet ejected from his pistol, flew through the air, and hit nothing. The peculiar animal had just vanished. Even though this incident was strange, John decided to shrug it off. He broadened his chest and deliberately kept walking.
1: Did he tell his family about this alleged encounter?
0: No, I don't think so. I didn't read anywhere that he told them. I think he kind of just like shrugged it off and kept going on with what he was doing. Okay.
1: So he thought he was under the influence too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was like out there farming a lot and it was hot. It was hot yeah, and he was delirious. Okay. John's children, Drury and Betsy, also began to see strange creatures around the property. The family sightings were accompanied by strange sounds in the house. Betsy, Drury, and John started to hear knocking sounds vibrating throughout the house. They heard the sound of wings flapping, and ear-splitting sound of gnawing on their bedposts. But those weren't the most disturbing sounds. They could sometimes hear the gas of air like something or someone was being strangled or choked. These sounds were usually accompanied by the sound of chains dragging and heavy objects banging on the floor. Were they the only ones hearing these sounds? I'm not sure. There was not really specific documentation that, like, the wife Lucy saw or heard anything. John and his sons went outside numerous times to catch the culprit, but they never could find the source of the noise. Night became very scary for the children. They would wake up screaming and cold only to see their pillows thrown across the floor and the last bit of bedsheet being tugged off their feet. This activity kept increasing and eventually escalated to physical abuse. Joel, Richard Williams, and especially Betsy were subjected to being struck, pinched, and having their hair pulled relentlessly. These strange phenomenons continued to happen and the family didn't tell a soul for a whole year. Despite wanting to keep their experiences a secret, John felt he was going mad and the chilling instances were only getting worse so John decided to share his fear with his closest friend and neighbor, James Johnston. James and his wife were skeptical about the strange stories told by the Bell family, so the only way for them to understand what was happening was for them to actually experience it. They would have to spend the night at the Bell property. John extended the creepy invitation to James, and he hesitantly accepted. I mean, who could say no to a creepy invitation? (laughs) I couldn't. The next night, James and his wife made their way over to the Bell property. Their night started perfectly peaceful until the absence of light brought an uneasy feeling. The couple decided to quiet their fears by heading to bed. They made their way up to the bedroom and slipped under the covers. Then cozy and warm, they softly started to drift off to sleep. Suddenly, they were woken up by the covers being yanked off. Before the couple could react, James was slapped across the face. He jumped out of bed and commanded, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? The next morning, the Johnsons told the Bell family about their horrifying encounter. James was convinced that they were dealing with an evil spirit. James insisted that John call on other neighbors and friends to help. John was not keen on involving the community, and he was rightfully worried because, remember, this was a time when you could be labeled, banished, or even worse for being associated with witches or the dark realm. James finally convinced John to go to the local preacher for help. The three men came to the conclusion that they were dealing with an evil entity. Oh, really? <laughs> that seemed difficult to reach. I always wondered they didn't, if the preacher actually encountered the evil entity or if he just like, oh yeah, definitely, that's what you're dealing with. Because it doesn't say anything in the documentation or stories about him going. The men swore to keep the seemingly supernatural experiences a secret. Ooh, constantly a secret. A few weeks later, the disturbances started to get even worse. The entity began beating the children and tripping adults with even greater intensity. The family started to hear the entity's voice. It was loud and unmistakable. It sang hymns, quoted scripture, and even would have conversations. Its voice became clear, and at times it was low and melodic, and then it would be shrill and screechy. Once the entity quoted two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day, 13 miles apart. 13 miles, huh? wonder if that was a coincidence. I never thought about that you said that. <laughs> this shocked most people because historically, spirits and entities did not really like prayer. But this evil force seemed to enjoy prayer and even relished in its ability to repeat prayers. The entity would even sing religious songs and hymns. This caused some to think it was not actually an evil entity at all. They were convinced it was a blessing bestowed on the family. Hitting people... Biting
1: people or pulling your hair, hollering at you, thinking that was
0: not a blessing.
1: blessing. It was mocking them, giving them, you know, these religious... Yeah, the entity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was saying, ha, look what I can do. You think that this is like, you know, banishing me, but it's not. Yeah. The entity eventually announced its attention. It wanted to kill John Bell. Mr. Bell is a bad man, the entity reportedly said. I would have left (laughs) right then and there. I would have just left. The entity also seemed to hate Betsy Bell and was especially abusive to her. Not only was Betsy slapped until Welts appeared, but she started having these fainting spells. When Betsy felt like she couldn't take any more, her parents sent her to a friend's house to spend the night. Only the night? (laughs) One night away. On her first night away from home, Betsy felt safe and ate dinner with her best friend. They talked for a while and then they headed to bed. They had just snuggled under the covers when they heard a knock sound at the bedroom door. The door suddenly flew open and a blast of wind blew out all the candles. The covers were jerked from their bed. The girls jumped up and ran to close the door, but found it had never been opened. People accused Betsy of making up the ghost and creating the noise herself using ventriloquism. But the hauntings grew beyond anything a 12-year-old girl could possibly do. A 12-year-old ventriloquist? I mean, there was no
1: internet. Like, I don't I don't know even know if they had like manuals or books on how to be a ventriloquist at that point in time. They had some ventriloquism, but I think it was not like a a well-received kind of act or or entertainment. So what i have to say is pretty skilled betsy
0: if i know people she's think 12 years, years can old 12. so 12 unless her uncle was a ventriloquist and we don't know and he taught her everything and still then right. i ventriloquism is pretty hard you have to like act like you're not your mouth can't be moving right and you have to have a puppet <laughs> well yeah a creepy puppet the entity was now out of control Rumors were spreading across the community, and the Bell family could no longer keep the visitations a secret. I mean, as far as a the secret, they were kind of telling
1: their neighbors, the local pastor, her friends,
0: and people and didn't have that family. much to do back then. So I feel like gossiping was a really big pastime. Yeah, like going to the local pub, church, whatever. Yeah, gossiping. I mean, telling oh, the bells. They have, you know, they have an entity. To- telling anyone precludes. Being a staying secret. a secret, <laughs> so this caused people to start visiting the farm. Oh, great! <laughs> and the visitors, and to the visitors' surprise, they started having horrible encounters with this entity. Oh
1: my! They didn't listen to the rumors, but they wanted to go anyhow. They just and wanted then... to see
0: firsthand. Yep. Rumors of the haunting spread beyond the town of Adams and all the way to Nashville, where then Major General Andrew Jackson, and yes, he was the seventh president, became interested. John Jr., along with his brother Drury and Jesse, fought under General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. In 1819, when Jackson heard about the disturbances, he decided he wanted to pay a visit to the Bell Home. He wanted to investigate for himself. Jackson arrived at the Bell Home with an entourage. He had several men with him, well-groomed horses, and a very large wagon. I guess it was kind of like a celebrity coming to your house back in the day, right? Probably, yeah. He was like a, a major general. As his horses approached the Bell property, the wagon jolted and came to a sudden stop. It had become stuck in the mud and the horses were unable to pull it out. Well, that's what Jackson's party thought. Jackson's men were trying to coax the horses to pull the wagon out of the mud when suddenly a disembodied female voice told Jackson that they could come on the property and she would see them later that night. (laughs) I guess
1: that's what he was expecting as a welcome, right? He wanted to go there and investigate for himself
0: so that night jackson and his men set up tents on the bell property one of jackson's men even claimed to be a witch tamer was that on his
1: like was that a responsibility of his role did he have a right. certification oh. did
0: he pass a test to become a witch tamer? Know, it sounds like he should have his own tv show the witch tamer several hours pass and nothing happened to the men when the witch tamer pulled out a pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullets would kill any evil spirit. He said nothing was going to happen to them because whatever had been haunting the ball property was scared of his silver bullets. Immediately, the man started to scream and his body began jerking around in different directions. He began to complain that he was being stuck with pins and being hit. A kick to the man's nether region sent him flying across the lawn. The entity spoke up angrily. It announced there was a fraud in Jackson's party and that she would identify him the following evening. Jackson's men were now terrified and begged to leave, but Jackson insisted on staying because he wanted to know who the fraud was. It was the witch tamer, right? I know, she's always saying, I'm going to do something tomorrow. She's like, (laughs) not right now. Stay Stay now. Stay tuned for more. What happened next is not documented because the story jumps to the next morning when Jackson and his entourage were spotted heading back to Nashville. <laughs> the name Bell Witch is said to have been coined by President Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson's visit has been heavily contested throughout the years because some say there is proof that he was somewhere else during the time he's said to be on the Bell property. Regardless, I think it's an interesting, controversial part of this story. The entity was often pressed to reveal its identity. Once it declared it was a spirit from everywhere, heaven, hell, and earth. I'm in the air, it said. I'm in houses, any place, at any time. I've been created for millions of years. Another time, the entity claimed to be a rich immigrant who buried his treasure on the Bell's property. It said it would reveal the secret location to John's daughter, Betsy the entity did tell Betsy the location so john and his sons dug for hours to find nothing what a joke on them (laughs) i mean i don't know would you dig i was thinking like would you dig if the we had a spirit that told us there was treasure and they had been beating us i know i would leave it even declared it was a bad horror movie they just keep staying it even declared that it was the spirit of a Native American whose grave had been disrupted by one of the bellboys, and it was looking for its tooth buried on the property. Again, the bells dug and found nothing at all. It they're, seemed to many they're digging
1: for a tooth. I know like that would be so. Did hard it have to gold find. in it?
0: It's oh yeah, I never thought about that. It's so small. It seemed to many that the entity was taunting the family with these stories, and people began suspecting the entity was a witch. The Bell family started to wonder, in fact, if they were dealing with a witch. The entity spoke up, stating, I am nothing more nor less than old Kate Batts' witch. I am determined to haunt old John Bell as long as he lives. It is then that people began calling the, Ka- the entity Kate or the Bell Witch. Doesn't matter. I would still leave. Doesn't need a name. <laughs> Kate Batts was an outcast in the Red River community, and she had little money, and she was doing the majority of labor on her family's farm because her husband was paralyzed in an accident. She had the habit of trying to impress people, so she often made these big scenes in public. There were also reports of bad blood between Kate Batts and the Ball family. There is a document attesting to some bad business dealings between the two families. Kate Batts was very much alive at the time of these allegations and was said to be outraged by the accusations. You know, Amy, we know that
1: labeling women names, especially calling them a witch, is a common way when people don't understand someone or Or how they're living or they're different. Yeah, Yeah. and being a
0: witch back then was like the ultimate. You don't want to be called that at all. Your whole life could be ruined, let alone you could not be like you know killed i mean she was
1: having to do a lot of the work that probably men considered the work men would do because her husband was was and who knows back then
0: i think too if like being paralyzed or something that they think oh because they you know they thought everything was like an omen or like something bad yeah maybe they thought she was already because he was paralyzed yeah she vowed to prosecute whoever perpetrated the rumor because she said she was no witch no one was ever prosecuted because the rumored source was the spirit itself. The townspeople said that the spirit was the only one who claimed to be Kate Batts. So she didn't know. <laughs> like that's confusing. She's prosecuting the spirit. <laughs> Many years later, Kate passed away never being able to clear her name. Even in her death, the suspicion stayed with her. On the night she passed away, no one wanted to sit with her body, which was a common custom of that time. Again, the labeling of women, right? Yeah. And, and what that what well, that's that sad, too. The Bell Witch had been tormenting the Bell family for almost four years when Je- John Bell became seriously ill. John, who was now in his 70s, began struggling to eat. He was claiming it was nearly impossible for him to swallow. He started to suffer from frequent episodes that would most likely be classified as seizures today, and many historians believe that John Bell was probably suffering from a central nervous system disorder. According to legend, the Bell Witch cackled at John's sudden illness. The entity was heard laughing throughout the home. The Bell Witch made good on her promise to kill John Bell. He died in 1820 at the age of 70. When John Bell was pronounced dead, it's said the family heard shrieks of triumph and laughter throughout the house. Soon after John's death, John Bell Jr found poison next to his father's bed. The Bell witch is believed to have poisoned John and reportedly laughed and sang at his funeral.
1: You know, Amy, 70 isn't like y- that young for that period of time for someone yeah, to Yeah, especially to pass back in the 1800s. I think that was probably like he probably lived long. Right, that may have been old for for during that
0: time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if she really poisoned it, right? But, right. The haunting seems to come to a standstill after John Bell's death until the entity decided to turn its attention to his daughter, Betsy Bell.
1: If everyone thought the witch killed their dad or the father, why'd they stay? Why'd they stay? (laughs) Right?
0: Like, maybe their farm was too prosperous. I don't know. But, I don't know, money or death. Like, it doesn't seem much of a choice. Seems obvious. Betsy was recently engaged to a man named Joshua Gardner. The Bell Witch pestered Betsy to leave Joshua. Eventually, the entity convinced Best- Betsy to break off her engagement to Joshua.
1: What are they, sitting up all night <laughs> chatting and weighing the pros and cons of Joshua? Who listens to this Bell Witch,
0: right? I don't know. I yeah. Joshua was her ticket out
1: of there. Yeah, she right? could have
0: married him, left, gone away, got away from this freaking entity. I don't know why she listened to, the, to it. The bell witch's antics seemed to stop after Betsy broke off her engagement. Just as the family started to feel safe, the entity came back, saying she would return in seven years. She came back to say she's going on a seven-year hiatus. She needs a hey break. I need a break. She'll <laughs> see you again about seven too much, years. Too like... much energy haunting them. She needs to, you know, re, re-energize, recoup. The next reported instance of the Bell Witch is when she came to John Bell Jr. in 1828. She spoke to him for three nights about the past, present, and future. She then said she would return to John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years, 1935. Wow, now it's more time. It's not just seven. It's 100 years on top of that seven. But no tales from 1935 forward exist as part of the original legend. Some say she did return. But most people believe that she's never really left. For photos related to today's episode, be sure to check out our socials. Check out our Instagram at bloodtidepodcast, Twitter at Bloodtide Stories, or TikTok at bloodtidepodcast. Lucy Bell, now known as Lucy Butler, is a direct descendant of John Bell Jr., named after John Bell's wife, Lucy. Lucy was allegedly one of the three people the witch actually liked in the Bell family. How lucky. (laughs) Lucy said that stories of the witch were a fond part of her childhood. Lucy was interviewed in 2018 on the Travel Channel during a show when she led a team of paranormal investigators to the property. During the taping, she's quoted saying, It was pretty interesting because when things happen, we would just naturally turn and say, Oh, the Bell witch did it. I wonder what, you
1: know, how she figured out she was liked. Is it that is she, she didn't get, get slapped around? Yeah. You know, I mean, did she share the next lottery ticket numbers with her? Like, was she sharing things or it was just like no touching and no not bothering
0: you? Lucy believes that the witch is not confined within the limits of the Bell family property. She thinks it follows her family wherever she goes. Lucy and her daughter, Jennifer, have seen the black dog from the original legend, and when Jennifer was growing up, they often saw a giggling girl running around the house at night. Not everyone in the Bell family believes the witch or really wants to talk about the legend. Lucy said her grandfather, a Methodist preacher, refused to allow one word about Kate to be spoken in his presence. But Lucy said she thinks this could be because of a negative experience he might have had with the entity. (laughs) Really, Lucy's quoted saying... I think she punished the people that needed to be punished, but I think she also took care of the ones that she liked.
1: An interesting perspective when you're one of the ones she liked.
0: (laughs) Lucy had stopped getting visits from the Bell Witch. She considers herself to be a devout believer in God and prays every morning. But she said that doesn't mean she can't also believe that the Bell Witch still exists. There is also a Bell Witch cave on the Bell property. It played a relatively minor role in the original Bell Witch legend. The cave on Je- John Bell's property has since been a focal point for visitors, hoping to experience a bit of the haunting themselves. Wanting to get slapped around and have welts. And- <laughs> Many believe that when the witch departed the family, she fled into the sanctuary of this cave.
1: And that's where she's been resting on her hiatus all this
0: time. Seven years, 107 years. Now it's, I don't know what, 200? (laughs) In the particular legend in which the cave is featured, young Betsy Bell and some of her friends have gone to explore the cave. While they were there, one of the boys crawled into a hole and became stuck. A voice cried out, I'll get him. The boy felt hands grasping at his feet and he was pulled out of the hole. The supposed entity that was still invisible then gave the young explorers a lecture on reckless cave exploring. Helpful and informative at the same time. And she just, like, switched up her <laughs> position. She used to be really scary. Now she's helping people. She had time to think over that. Yeah, that was her reflection. <laughs> yeah. She had, in, what is that, when you go inward? Introspective, Intros- and then she, yeah. she changed how she was, yeah. There are also the remains of Native American women whose bones were discovered during construction of a nearby road. It is theorized that a room had been chiseled inside the cave and was used as a Native American burial ground. This discovery has led to many to believe that the cave is some sort of portal to another world. It is also believed that through this portal, the entity known as the Bell Witch manifested and eventually moved into the Bell Farmhouse.
1: Portal. Sounds like an opportunity to monetize those visits. Come get your picture taken next to the the portal.
0: portal. No, yeah. (laughs) I went piece of the portal. (laughs) I went to the website for them and they have like all of the travel channel TV shows and, and everything like right there on the first page to like show you this is real. Come here. Like they really market their stuff really mm-hmm. well. Yep. The cave was added to the national history registry in 2008 and is the only original feature from the legend that can still be seen today. It is largely unchanged from the way the bell family would have seen it in 1817 guided tours are available and there is a replica of the farmhouse on the property and many have described having paranormal experiences from apparitions to disturbing voices there other visitors of the cave end their visit to find written words on their cars instructing them not to come back anymore
1: how do you become a guide is it like is it like williamsburg where they're in costume and they're actors that <laughs> it's take just you their, on their a second, tour? Co- second
0: cousin needs a job <laughs> i don't know Present day investigators have looked into the Bell Witch legend. One in particular named Sarah Dudley Pugh worked under the alias Angel Lee. Sarah is a self-described spiritual messenger who worked with other researchers for the filming of A&E 2015 television series Curse, the Bell Witch. Sarah used her medium abilities to communicate with Betsy Bell and learn the truth of the Bell Witch mystery. Sarah claims the spirit of Betsy says that Bell Witch is not Kate Batts. After all this time, finally. According to Sarah, Betsy's spirit claims that the land is curse. Once the family disturbed the ground, the curse was then set into motion. Like King Tut's tomb. Yeah, Sarah stated that Betsy's spirit's claims that the poisoning of her father, John Bell, was not caused by the curse, but by actions of a slave. Today, people are still interested in the Bell Witch. Like I mentioned before, there are movies, TV shows, and books on the legend. Despite all the different stories, I believe something strange did take place on the Bell Farm two centuries ago. But what happened, unfortunately, can never be confirmed. Whether you believe the entity is the Witch of Cape Bats, the ventriloquist mischief of Betsy Bell, or an interdimensional portal containing malevolent forces, they are all equally enigmatic. I know, Amy, I
1: said that we should, they should leave, how many times I said they should leave, but I don't know, I'm starting to think road trip.
0: we have a lot of road trips we have to go to the hotel we have to go um i think there's one more that we said before but yeah yeah so we should have like a whole itinerary of follow-ups where we go see if we can be scared
1: (laughs) all right so thanks amy for that it was really interesting and, and and kind of fun too just want to remind everyone to make sure you vote in the upcoming midterm elections. Burp, 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 burp. According to Wikipedia, the midterm election will be held on Tuesday, November 8th of this year. And during this midterm election, all 435 seats of the house of representative and 35 of the 100 seats in the Senate will be up for grabs. That's a lot. It is a lot. 39 state and territorial governor and numerous other state and local elections will also be up for grabs. So it's important, no matter what your thoughts are or your beliefs or what you'd like to see happen to this country,
0: it's important that everyone vote. I agree. This is a very important midterm, so everyone needs to get out there and vote. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. We appreciate all your support and join us July 21st for another episode. Until then be social and join the BT buddies by following us on Instagram at bloodtide podcast, Twitter at bloodtide stories, or shoot us an email at bloodtide podcast at gmail.com. Stay safe and
1: sane.